Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw in the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, abound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. And that is Daniel chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am your host, A.W. Varilla. And in front of me, my co-host, Joey, the sidekick Velasquez. He is back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. Thank you. And today, the president of this book factory, Steve the Boston Hartog, he is out. So him and Joy are just swapping. Uh, he's hiding out in the bookstore, uh, just busy doing doing the Lord, Lord's work. But uh, Joey, man, how are you doing? We haven't uh, we haven't uh, uh, heard Seen from you other. in the last uh, couple episodes. Uh, we were kind of uh, uh, joking around with you that you were uh, in the fetal position in your apartment, man, hiding out of the <laughs> coronavirus. But man, what, what what's going on? What has the Lord been doing lately? So I heard that part because I was editing last week's uh, podcast and I laughed at that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no, I've just been home staying safe. Um, you know, glad to be here. See friendly faces again. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're all wearing masks, so I'm not seeing all of your friendly faces. I'm seeing yeah. half of it, but it's still good. Yeah, there's a, there's a new norm now that uh, we are... Uh, uh, wearing masks and uh, dis- disinfecting everything before we even got in here, we uh, we actually just wiped everything down and <laughs> just, just 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 in case. But you know, uh, we know that God is in control. If I get coronavirus and I get it, and if I pass away, well, then I pass away. But uh, it's it's a big. It would be it was a good run if that happens and somebody else can take over this podcast because <laughs> uh, Julio Julio July just bailed on me. <laughs> went out went out to Houston that bum but no uh Julio if you're listening we we so love you and uh and and Julio uh might be coming on here pretty soon but uh as a guest and we, we might be interviewing some people uh so please just look out for that but uh thank you everybody for uh tuning in today uh today we have another first time guest uh, Dr. David Murray in his in his book Jesus on Every Page by Thomas Nelson. So we're super excited to have Dr. Murray on today, uh, just looking at Jesus in the Old Testament and how that is, uh, how that just works all together as we read the Bible uh, in totality. So I'm just really excited to just have him on and we can talk about these things. Uh, so, yeah. Nice. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, don't forget to go to our website at bridgemanlaredo.org. Um, and uh, please uh, uh, make sure to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. Uh, if you do want to have access, uh, when you go on our website, please go to the Learn, the Learn tab and then uh, go down to Bridge Radio if you want to listen to the podcast through our website, or again, you can go onto Apple, Android, Google, and all those other places. And please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, well, he he went ahead, but I usually, <laughs> I usually say that at the end. But uh, yes, uh, so please uh, enjoy the show today, guys. Uh, we are praying for everybody. I know that this is just a really really tough time, and uh, as everything is going on, and uh, again, a shout out to our uh, international folks. Uh, uh, we've been picking up uh, more and more people uh, by the grace of God. 
Uh, shout out to our uh, our friends out in uh, England, um, uh, Australia. Uh, and again, uh, our California following is just growing. Hmm. Um, uh, just so you guys know, I do look at the numbers and uh, shout out to my L.A. people out there, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Nice. Uh, and then we have obviously our local uh, following here in Laredo and uh, our listeners in Dallas, San Antonio and Houston, um, our Texas uh, people. We love you guys to death for sure. So uh, why don't we get uh, this podcast started today, uh, I don't Joey? See why not. Let's do All it. right, let's do it. Dr. David Murray is professor of Old Testament and practical theology at Puritan Reform Theological Seminary. He's the author of Christians Get Depressed Too and How Sermon Works. He's also president of Head Heart Hand Media, a small film company. Dr. Murray is married to Shona, and they have five wonderful children. Welcome, Dr. Murray, to Bridge Radio for the first time. Thank you. It's good to be with you. So uh, thank you again for just uh, uh, coming on. We're, we're super excited. And uh, I was just reading to reading through your book and uh, uh, Steve, the president of the ministry, we're just like, we need to get him on. And, uh, and, and you replied okay. and we we're just like, all right, this is going to be great. Um, sure, no, glad to do. Always love talking about Jesus in the Old Testament. Yeah, no, this is, I'm really excited for this podcast, Doctor. Um, so, Doctor, uh, just for our listening audience, uh, this is your first time on the show. Uh, can you just please share a little bit about yourself and, and how God drew you to saving faith? I'll be glad to, but only if you stop calling me doctor. Oh, you want me to, uh, then I'll, <laughs> and I'll call, I'll stop calling you doctor. All right. David's just fine. Right? David is just fine. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, as you can tell, I'm not from Texas. I yeah. Guessed that, but, yeah. Um, originally from Scotland, born and brought up there and um, converted to Christ there in my early twenties. I was working in financial industry at the time. And God just really, um, I suppose, gave me a, a, a crash course in worldliness uh, to show me how awful it was and sickening and ugly. And to cut a longish story, shortish, um, really turned me to himself uh, in faith and repentance. He, I hadn't read my Bible for many years, but began reading it, and Jesus just, as it were, not physically, obviously, but it felt like popped out of the pages in a way that I'd never noticed before, although I'd been to church for many years. And I would say just fell in love with the Lord Jesus, saw him as my all-sufficient Savior, wonderful Savior, gracious Savior, and very soon after that felt God's call to proclaim him in ministry and uh, went to study for the ministry and ended up in a couple of congregations in the north of Scotland mm. over 12 years where I was very blessed to pastor and preach and then in 2007 after 12 or so years in ministry in Scotland. I was called to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I've been there ever since. And um, in the same role of teaching Old Testament and practical theology at Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary, but preaching most Sundays as well, which is a is a great mix. Wow! Yeah, no, I, I was a. Uh, uh... I was reading your book and uh, you were just talking a little bit how you became professor of Old Testament uh, 
uh, and practical theology, which I thought it was uh, really funny. And maybe we can just touch on that a little bit later when we start uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about uh, talk about your book a little bit more. So, yeah, sure. So, so David, uh, why did you why did you find it important to start the first chapter of your book with the title "Where Did the Old Testament Go"? Can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah. Well. When I started reading my Bible, again, once I was converted, I, I tried a bit of the Old Testament, but didn't really get anywhere with it. I, uh, The ministry I was under sort of did a bit of Old Testament preaching, but it was all very historical. It was very dry and dusty. And so it very much gravitated towards the, the New Testament and really began to notice as I traveled around the church a bit more, read a bit more, that really the Old Testament was very neglected. Mm. I think the ratio of Old Testament to New Testament sermons is something like one to ten, which is surprising when you think that two-thirds of the Bible is Old Testament. Um, And in some ways it didn't surprise me because it just seemed in a way irrelevant. And, And yet... I started to listen to, um, actually my father-in-law was a preacher and he, he was a wonderful preacher of the Old Testament and he began to show me through his preaching Christ in the Old Testament and it was like, you know, it was like discovering new Gospels mm. and he, he showed me how the Old Testament was so relevant and so applicable and so full of Christ and that really raise that question okay the old testament seems to have gone but why you know why why do people not see this why why don't they see christ in it and i began to research that and i mean i I get it in some ways because it is more difficult to understand it is further away from us in terms of years it is shadow truth um, as opposed to sunlight truth there's much greater clarity in the in the New Testament. And yet, I don't think it justifies the widespread neglect of the Old Testament. Mm. And, and therefore, one of my missions in life, I suppose, is to try and help people recover the Old Testament by rediscovering Christ in the Old Testament. Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, grinding through Leviticus and maybe Chronicles, mm. you know, you even mentioned that in your book. You know, <laughs> sometimes that's a little a little tough when you're reading, but there is something to learn there for sure. And and I'm sure a lot of people are just like, well, what can I learn for that? And and it is there for sure. <laughs> it is there. It takes a bit of work, but you know, it's like with everything, practice makes perfect. Yeah. And and the more you do it, and I, and I believe the Lord gives special help to mm. us because I think He honors the parts of His work that maybe are not being honored by yeah. people. And I, I think the 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 other great advantage is the more we know the Old Testament, the more light we will actually get on the New Testament. Mm. So so much of the the New Testament is is really undiscovered unless mm. we know, say, a book like Leviticus uh, and, and all the light it sheds on the atonement. So it's a two-way process. The one sheds light on the other, and advancing in knowledge and understanding of the one helps us in the other as well. 
Yeah, no. Uh, I was just going through, uh, I went through Esther the other day in my morning devotional. I, I read the whole thing. Um, and I'm just like, man, I'm just missing out on a lot that's going on in the book of Esther and how just God protects his people. And, and that just is, is a great story. Uh, uh, and again, if you guys haven't read Esther, please, you know, go back and read it. It was just really good. And, uh, to read it, uh, again, in, in a different just viewpoint with everything going on in the world and, and just how yeah. God preserves his people for sure. And, and even in the new Testament, you see how important the old Testament Testament is. I mean, in, in John one, it starts with in the beginning, and you realize that the, the audience at that time was a Jewish audience, and they're going to remember Genesis 1, where it mm. starts also with in the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's really, Genesis is one of my favorite Old Testament books because it's, it shows Christ. I mean, the whole Old Testament shows Christ, right? But Genesis particularly, I, I really love yeah. the way it's displayed there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll touch it. We're going to touch on that in a little bit here. But uh, uh, David, uh, can you please talk about finding the first gospel key on the uh, Emmaus Road? I, I really found that interesting in your book as I was reading through. Yeah, um, so I had these many years of, of just really struggling to see into the Old Testament. But I, I do feel God dropped some keys into my lap as, mm. as we went along the way. And it really began, strangely, with the New Testament and how it is the best interpreter of the Old Testament. And it was Luke 24 especially, where Jesus meets with the two men on the road to Emmaus, the two disciples, and he says to them, when they fail to understand his death and resurrection, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Mm. So there's there's a starting point. Okay, he's, he's saying, look, if you'd actually read the Old Testament, you'd know what my death and resurrection were all about. Have you, have you actually read the Old Testament properly? Yeah. And then he says, was it not necessary that, that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Yeah. Well, he must be saying that's what the Old Testament taught, that the Christ would suffer and enter into glory. And then he makes it very explicit, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And when you actually take these words seriously, that they're just stunning. Mm. He's saying, you know, if you, if you if you look back at the Old Testament, it's all about me. Yeah. Uh, and he said, wherever we turn, Moses, all the prophets, the scriptures, um, it's all about preparing the way, predicting my sufferings and glory. And when you look at Jesus's ministry. Through that lens, you go back, and and he's it's just continually. This fulfills the Old Testament. This fulfills the Old Testament. This was spoken before in the prophets, mm. and and that's really our starting point. No, oh, I want to see Jesus here, but Jesus sees Jesus there, and authorizes us and and commands us to do so. Indeed, rebukes us if we don't, as mm. he did with these disciples. 
Yeah, that's that's such a good point, and how just Jesus is pointing them back to 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 the scriptures. You know, at the time there was uh, at the time in Jesus' time, we didn't have the New Testament, but he keeps pulling back to the what we call now the 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 Old Testament, and he's just pointing them back to them. And I always find that really amazing, and I, and I think it's something that. Uh, us as Christians uh, during this time can miss those things, you know, and maybe not mm-hmm. think about them as much, you know. And yeah, very much. Yeah. And David, why was Abraham's gospel so important to you? Looking at him from a theistic Jew and uh, from a theistic Jew, and now into a Christian brother. Yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was probably like my second key yeah. that opened the door a, a little further, like more light and. Uh, you know, Jesus says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it mm. and was glad. Mm. And he's he's there, you know, if you actually read the account of Abraham in the Old Testament without that, then you would just see him as a somebody who believed in God and so was theistic and um, the founder of Israel. But here... Jesus tells us something stunning that, that that Abraham had a joyful messiah messiah centered faith mm. not just a, a general belief in God not just a general theism but but a, a Christ centered faith and so I start asking you know well when did he see Christ's day mm-hmm. and Jesus didn't actually answer that question yeah um, true later on uh, when um, the apostles were writing he paul tells us that the scripture foreseeing that god would justify the gentiles by faith preached the gospel to abraham beforehand saying in you all the nations shall be blessed and to us that may not sound like the gospel mm-hmm. um, at least not in all its new testament light but here paul tells us that that was a preaching of the gospel. And so Abraham's being told, look, there's a redeemer coming. He's going to bless the world and he's going to come from your family. And Abraham believed that. And that was justifying, saving faith. And so he he looked ahead, even through that call in Genesis 12, uh, and saw Christ's day by faith. And, and there were probably other days when Abraham rejoiced to see Christ's day and was glad. You think of the further covenant promises, the covenant of circumcision. You think of him offering up Isaac. Um, There are a number of places where probably this verse, he rejoiced to see my day, he saw it and was glad, are, are, are true to some degree or other. And then, of course, Abraham is is presented by Paul as the prototype and example of faith in Galatians and in Romans and and and, and in Hebrews. And, and, and if, if that's a different faith to the faith of the Christian, if it's only theism, that's not a good prototype. Um, but no, it's, it's the same. He looked forward to Jesus, we look back. Abraham believed in the shadows, we believe in the sunlight. But, but the core, the essence was the same. His faith, like ours, wrapped itself around the promised uh, Satan-crushing, world-blessing, life-giving seed of the woman. 
And that's why we're told he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So, you know, it's not like Abraham got to heaven and, and he met the Son of God and said, who are you? Mm. And he knew who he was. Yeah. And that wow. was his savior. Yeah, wow. <laughs> And that's uh, definitely puts it in perspective when you say it like that, David. Uh, and and I and, and I just like how you said we. And he is now a Christian brother. Like I, I don't think about uh, Old Testament just saints like that. You know, um, <laughs> that they're you know they're brothers yeah. in Christ. You know, and, mm-hmm. and and one day we will be with them uh, celebrating and rejoicing what uh, our Lord and Savior has done for us. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I often think of the Jesus' words that. Many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, mm. Isaac, and mm-hmm. Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And he's picturing there a table, a meeting, a meal table. Yeah. And here's Abraham, here's Isaac, here's Jacob. And then there's all these New Testament believers coming. We're all sitting down at the same table. Mm. I mean, how could you be sitting at that table in fellowship in heaven if some people got there by works and some people got there by faith? Yeah. You know, some people are polishing their medals and others are casting their crowns at Jesus' feet. It's two different religions. Yeah. And and we and we know that we're only we're only saved by his grace and not by works. Mm. Um and and just for our listeners out there, just remember that they will be eating and drinking in heaven. So that's just <laughs> as David just pointed out. So And and another picture I really like in Hebrews of like Old Testament uh, prophets and everyone coming together with, you know, all of us being brothers in Christ is Hebrews eleven thirty nine to 40. After Paul lists all of the Old Testament people that were, you know, persecuted for Jesus' sake, it says, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since mm-hmm. God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So, mm. it, I, I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of shows me how, you know, it's like all of us, just like it says in another scripture, that we have one faith, one hope, one God, one Lord. So it's the whole picture is that we're all one. Um, mm. So mm. we're all Yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a great chapter, really. Yeah. Uh, David, uh, let's shift over here. Why, why is it that so many Christians want to stay in the safe grounds of the New Testament? Especially just in this in this moment in time where we just see uh, uh, certain preachers just saying you don't you, you don't have to read the Old Testament like they just want to discon- dis- disconnect themselves from the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a number of reasons. Um, I think I think one reason is it's harder work. The Old Testament is harder work, and it's it's not you know if you've just got a few minutes a day, then. You know, the chances of you getting more spiritual edification and food from John's gospel is higher than, say, from Obadiah or you know, Jeremiah. So people take that easier path. Mm. Um, I think as well, there's, uh, uh, I think liberalism has had a big impact on people's confidence in the Old Testament. Mm. There's been a very sustained attack on the Old Testament by liberal scholars and mm. it's made people question, is it is it reliable? Not only is it relevant, but is it reliable? Is it truthful? Is it compatible with science and, and things like that? I think also um, there have been many bad examples of Old Testament preaching and teaching mm. and 
kind of people people will not study what they don't think will benefit them and so many have heard old testament sermons and it just hasn't edified them it hasn't fed their souls and so they they're, they're put off and then maybe there's they've heard over spiritualizing of the old testament Mm. more allegorical mystical preaching that eh, you know i don't think any of us could support yeah and so that that either maybe embarrasses them or puts them off and makes them think well there's really no safe and reliable and credible way of of seeing finding and, and preaching christ from the old testament or, or enjoying christ in the old testament so I, I think there's a number of reasons. The, the whole idea of that really that the Old Testament is just something that applied to Israel and doesn't apply to us. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to people who conclude, oh, you know, let's just stay in the New Testament. But I really do believe they're missing out. And I would just really encourage your listeners to take the time yes it will take more time take the effort yes it will take more effort but if you do and this isn't just true of me it's numerous people i've spoken to have found this that the time and the effort is more than worthwhile because you discover god in a in a wonderful way and you encounter the savior in a wonderful way and it's like you know every every now and again you hear some archaeologist or scholar say oh we found a lost gospel and it's the gospel <laughs> of whoever yeah. and and it's all a load of rubbish yeah and, and but you know this is how i view the old testament it's it's um it's a lost gospel but it's not a load of rubbish it's, it's a lost gospel that is true and reliable and um reveals christ in wonderful ways and, and remember it was the book that nourished him and fed him as he as he grew up in this world it was mm. it's a book that taught him his mission and his purpose and sustained him spiritually through the darkest of trials you you see him on the cross there psalm 22 predicts his words and you know my god my god why have you forsaken me and it goes through his sufferings and and so there, there's plenty reason not to study the old testament but there's i would say there's even more reason to study than the old testament and you know just say try it and, and give it give it a good shot and use the helps use jesus on every page use a study bible um and, and find him as he helped these disciples find them and warmed their hearts in the process yeah, I think we're living in an, in a time where uh, access uh, to information and and tools to help us uh, along that uh, journey in reading the Old Testament is really easy. I mean, I'm just looking at your. Uh, I was I was reading your book, and I'm just looking even in the contact uh, page. Uh, how you just have that you do such a great job in your book to break uh, everything down, like. Uh, discovering Jesus in the Old Testament appearances and Old Testament characters and in Old Testament law and history. I mean, we have so many resources nowadays mm. that um, I believe that there's no excuse uh, not to, you know, uh, yeah. get in there. And I know that we also live in a time where we can be uh, that we can be distracted easily and be lazy. But um, 
but but you know that's another story for sure <laughs> so yeah, and i think that that whole that even just looking at that contents page it, it, it teaches us that we we do need a different approach yeah to different parts of the bible it's not one size fits all yeah. we have to figure out you know what genre what kind of literature is this what are the specific keys for understanding poetry or proverbs or law or types and and, and narrative mm-hmm. and you know that's really what i hope jesus in every page does it, it gives people the keys that will help them to unlock different parts of the old testament mm. Yeah, and just reading through your book, absolutely. You're, I'm just like, wow. And just, I really appreciate just how practical you are with just how you write your book. So uh, it doesn't get too confusing for somebody that uh, uh, is reading the book and just easy to understand, an easy read. I really appreciate how you did that with your, your book. Well, thank you. It may, it may explain why. I teach both Old Testament and practical theology. Mm. I know it's a bit of an odd combination, but yeah. <laughs> in Jesus in every page, it does come together a bit, I think. Yeah, no, it does wonderfully. David, uh, in chapter seven of your book, you talk about Christ's planet, discovering Jesus in the creation. Why is it Why is it so important to see Christ in creation? Yeah, I mean, obviously, creation's become a bit of a, a battleground even amongst Christians, but yeah. certainly between Christians and scientists. And I think I think that's an important debate, and it's one that must be fought. But I, I, I actually believe that we're missing the, the main point. I'm not saying that's not a point, an important point, but it's not the point, because mm. when we look at the New Testament's view of the creation, and what it emphasizes is the role of Jesus in it. Um, all things were created through him and for him. Uh, you look at John 1, 1 through 3. You look at Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. And the focus of the New Testament is very much to say, uh, read Genesis 1 and 2 in a Christocentric way, that this is... Again, not mere theism. This is Trinitarianism. Yeah. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit were involved, in, and specifically the Son is yeah. highlighted mm-hmm. for his role. All things were created through him. You let that sink in. Through, he was involved in the creation of everything. He yeah. created everything. Mm-hmm. And for him. Mm. And so that changes the whole way that you... You think of what he made. Yeah. So, for example, why did he make sheep? Um, you know, coming from Scotland, it's a question I often ask myself <laughs> as they <laughs> as they wandered across the road just as I pass at yeah. seventy miles per hour. You know, <laughs> nice um, sweaters though, right? Aren't they warm? <laughs> <laughs> well, very itchy. Yeah. I just don't see a point in sheep. But anyways, <laughs> no. But why did he, ultimately, they were made for him to yeah. teach his people what they were like. Mm. And, you know, why did he make uh, birds? He made the birds with a plan, and that was to teach his people not to be anxious yeah. uh, through looking at the birds. And, and you think of all the things he picked up when he was in the world, you know, whether it's flowers or grass or water or bread or trees or, or whatever. I mean, just hundreds and hundreds of things from creation. 
I think it, it, you, it changes the way you you read Genesis one and two that mm. this was all part of the plan. Yeah. This was all he did this knowing that he would use these items in his plan of redemption. So it enables you to look at creation uh, with a redemptive perspective. And then you've got the second area where he, Christ and his apostles use creation uh, to illustrate conversion. Mm. So you, you think of what God does there in creation. He makes material and then orders it and he makes an empty world, then he fills it. Um, it's dark, and then he gives light. Um, he, he he takes things and shapes them into beautiful things. And then Paul especially picks up that language in, in Corinthians and says this is exactly how God remakes a soul. He, he takes it from darkness to light. He takes it from disorder to order. He takes it from ugliness or formlessness to to beauty uh, we become new creatures all things mm. are passed away all things will become new and uh, god who, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness commanded the same light to shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of god in the face of jesus christ and it's just like verse after verse after verse which is saying you want to learn how you are saved you want to learn about the work of god in your soul uh, go back to Genesis and just look at what he did there, because what he did externally there is what he's doing internally in the soul of the believer. Yeah, and I, I and I and, and as we read Romans uh, um, about just a general revelation that God has shown us through creation, because uh, we're without excuse. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast many a times. Man, just when you look at the mountains or you look at the ocean and 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 you're just like, mm. wow, this is mm. just wonderful. I mean, I, 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 I'm just thinking about it several years ago. My wife and I were were in Florida and, and just walking at the beach at the nice at nighttime and the stars just being out and the moon and the mm. waves crashing and man, uh just uh just sitting there and just awe and mm. and just breaking down uh and just giving glory to him because Man, I yeah, these are wonderful moments. Yeah, and this, if we, if only we stopped, I think we'd do that a bit more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So there you go for our listeners, listeners out there. Next time you're in nature, uh, you know, just take a deep breath and think about that for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, David, uh, how does discovering Jesus in the Old Testament covenants and His promise so vital? in our daily walk today, especially with everything just kind of going on in this world right now. And uh, there's just a lot of fear uh, mm, in, mm. In, in, in how is this promises and, and just Old Testament covenant just tie all in together. Can you just, uh, just talk about that a little bit here before we land the plane? Sure. Yeah, you're right. We're living in days of tremendous upset and what looks like chaos and mm. disorder and, things spinning out of control. There's just a lot of fear and uncertainty, as you said. And if if there's anything that can stabilize us in these days as, as believers, it's, it's God's covenant promises, mm-hmm. not mere promises. That would be wonderful, but actually covenantal promises. And 
I think again, if just you know, going through the Old Testament, the covenant with Adam, the covenant with Noah, the covenant with Abraham, covenant with Moses, covenant with David, the new covenant, you just see this this unshakable foundation of God, this this um, steady stream of God's commitment to Plan A, and and. He's sticking with plan A. It's not like, oh, we tried that. Oh, let's try another one. Oops, that didn't mm. work. Let's do this. The more you see the, the continuity of God's covenants, the more you'll sense stability in God's plan, in God's world, and in your own soul. And it's just so, so um, solidifying to embrace the promises of God and mm. see how he's working out these promises. They, they, they take different forms, but they're all going in the same direction. They're all pointing to the same person. And um, I think at the, at the very core of it, it's not just here are some words to believe, but here's a person to enjoy. Mm. And, you know, the, the essence of covenant in the Old Testament is I will be your God and you will be my people yeah. And that's that's what Christ came to you know, accomplish. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Lo, I am with you always. He's, he gives us the bread and the wine. He says, this is the new covenant in my blood. Yeah. This shows you my commitment to you. It's relational. It's personal. It's intimate. God's great plan is to enter into a covenant relationship with sinners like ourselves through mm. faith. And that's the prospect held out as well in, in Revelation. It goes full circle mm. that, you know, I will be your God and, and um, you will be my people and he will dwell among us and we will be with him. So I think that covenantal line is just uh, remarkably strengthening and calming today that this god's got this yeah and he's got his people he will never let them go because he's covenanted mm. to them yeah wow no matter what he he keeps his promises and he's there you know you just yeah. saying that just gave me chills because you know uh we, we we do need to hold on to his promises for sure especially yeah. with everything going on uh yeah. david uh, um you know we we know that uh, uh, how would uh, Romans uh, ten fourteen says how then would they call on him in whom they have not believed and how would they believe mm. in him who they have not heard and how would they hear without a preacher? Can you please uh, share the gospel to our listeners today? Sure. Well, if you're listening to this today and you're wondering who is this Jesus that this Scottish guy is talking about. <laughs> Uh, I'd love you to know him. He's the most fascinating, wonderful, beautiful person you could ever know in all your life. Um, he can do things for you that no one else can do. Mm. He can forgive your sins fully, freely, and forever. He can love you with an everlasting love that will never let you go. He can give you peace in the midst of the storms, light in the midst of the darkness, love in the midst of a world full of hate. And the most amazing thing is that he can offer that to you for nothing mm. because he paid 
the ultimate price. That he suffered and died on, on the cross of Calvary to make all this possible, to take away our sins, to pay the penalty, and to, to open the way to God and all his blessings to pour down upon us. But you have to believe in him. You have to entrust yourself to him. You have to go to him and say, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon me. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Mm. Lord Jesus, I know I don't deserve this, but this is what you came to do. This is what you came to give. You came to give salvation to lost sinners like myself. And the Bible tells us that no one has ever gone to Jesus with that prayer in that spirit has been turned away and disappointed. You can have him today. You can call upon him. You might say, oh, I need to learn more. I need to know more. You don't. You can have him right now. You can have salvation right now. Then you'll definitely want to learn more. And maybe Jesus in every page is a good place to start. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But once you know him, that's all you'll want to know. And you'll, you'll say with the Apostle Paul, um, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Wow. Amen to that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, th- uh, that concludes uh, this week's episode. Uh, uh, Jesus on every page. Please go out and get it. Uh, you can find it here at the store. Again, uh, if you can't find it, uh, we will ship it out to you anywhere in the world. But, uh, David, where can our listeners find you if you want to be found? And where can they find uh, <laughs> Jesus on every page and your other books as well? Sure. Well, um, I blog at headhearthand.org. If you think about it, the truth comes to our heads, it affects our hearts, and then it should go out in practical living through our hands. So headhearthand.org. I publish a, a blog there. I also have a podcast there called Living the Bible. And um, you can get my books via links on that blog or at good christian bookshops like heritage books here in grand rapids or on amazon wow well thank you uh uh doctor i know you don't want me to call you doctor but dr david thank you for <laughs> for 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 coming on today uh hopefully you'll be back and maybe we can talk about your other books uh i was i was thoroughly blessed uh today by just having uh this conversation today it's definitely encouraging uh to me and i hope that it was very encouraging to our listeners thank you so much brothers and may god bless your own witness it was a joy to speak with you about jesus uh, thank yeah, you so much it was awesome Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode uh, here on Bridge Radio. Uh, Wow. I what did you think about that? I was I mean, I know that we do this uh, just kind of a recap at the end of the show, but that was really, really good. Um, Just reading the book was just absolutely a blessing. But uh, what are your thoughts, man? I I really love this topic, especially uh, when we got into like all of the how how, you know one thing that was on my mind during this was how even jesus himself cited the old testament to show people hey it's written about me and if you had written if you had read this you would know who i am and it's like it's true a lot of us you know it's harder to read the old testament it really is I, i know i don't take much time to read the old testament if i want to read something quickly i'll go to the new testament but 
it's just awesome to see how important it really is because it, it, it shows it sheds more light like the, uh, David said on the New Testament and who Christ is yeah uh, yeah David uh, yeah David was just doing a good a great job of just pointing uh, to the Old Testament but here's the thing in the book there is so much more it's kind of hard to just uncover everything obviously in a in a podcast but please go out and get the book uh, you, I think you will be thoroughly blessed. I was today just through the podcast and just reading the book. Uh, again, Jesus on Every Page by Dr. David Murray uh, by Thomas Nelson. Uh, again, you can um, uh, get the book uh, here at uh, Bridge Ministries. Uh, you can just go ahead and reach out to us and we can send you a book for free. Uh, BridgemanLaredo.org. Um, and again, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, again, I just want to say thank you for everybody who gives to the ministry. Uh, we can't do these podcasts without your support. Uh, and I just want to say thank you again. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we always end the show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own but belong body and soul in life and in death? to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. See you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.